that is so retrograde. That is so retrograde. I'm Elizabeth Cott. And I'm Stephanie Simbari. And you know what's not so retrograde? Do tell. I just received the selfie that we took last night with uh, the firefighter. Oh, yeah? Uh, okay. What a story. So last night, Elizabeth decided to lock herself out of her house. Yeah, it was a choice. Yeah, she made the choice to lock herself out of the house because she likes challenges. Um, and then she thought, uh, I could scale the side of my building. And then she borrowed a tiny stepladder from her neighbor and put her tiny body on top of the stepladder and was like precariously trying to, it, physics wasn't happening. All the while, started being like, I don't feel comfortable about this. I don't think it's a good idea. And I was like, let me just, let me just try. I'm like, it's let not safe. It's not wasn't safe. Happening. I can't have you cracking your head open on the pavement today. It's only Wednesday. You haven't planned for that this yeah, week. Yeah, not planning for you to go to the hospital. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we can either call a locksmith or we can call the fire department. Hey, guys, tax dollars at work. What's up? Meanwhile, can I just point out that I was like, don't they charge for that? <laughs> She's like, I think they send you a bill if you call the fire department. Like, it's health insurance. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea how that works. But they don't, turns out, because they showed up. And they were four strapping young gentlemen. So hot. I mean, it was my. It, I was living when the fire truck rolled up. I'm not gonna say your cross street. Thank you. I appreciate. But if you want to know where Elizabeth lives at Steph Sambari, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, so they come. They throw the ladder up on the side of the building. I mean, I was just getting so turned Scale on. Scale the wall. Trying to flirt with them. It must be illegal for them to flirt back. I mean, there's yeah, no Yeah, they other. were not down. I <laughs> can't imagine why else they wouldn't have been reciprocating. I know. I was like, we're having so much fun, guys. The memories are going to live on forever. <laughs> like, not, none of my punchlines were landing with them. It was terrible. Yeah. Casual Wednesday night. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're just two girls who are bored. Let's get four firemen over here oh, to He smelled save like our cigarettes lives. and body over odor and just hero-ness. It was so great. I was so into him. And then. And we took a selfie, and literally right before we took the picture, I saw myself in in the camera, and I was like, oh, I'm not wearing any makeup. I look disgusting. Yeah. No wonder why he doesn't want to flirt back with me. We were fresh out of a dance class. We should say that. Living our bliss. Groove three. And still self-conscious. Yes. About whether or not the hero wanted to get in these pants. Which is interesting. It is. And it perfectly connects with, with today's show. It does, actually. So... You so know, what we've learned is that uh, tax dollars cover firefighters. Yeah. First first lesson of today. <laughs> take if it with you. If you want to sleep with a firefighter, don't have an emergency. Because we think that there's something going on that they're not allowed. Like, they're apprehensive with taking the photo with us. Like, I was like, I'm a professional comedian. I know I'm funny. You can laugh. Yeah, they weren't having any of that. <laughs> so, girl, talking, you don't need makeup. Girl, you don't need makeup. Yeah, that's Let's the talk point. about this. Yeah, that's because the point. maybe you do when it's a firefighter situation. Who knows? You never know when you're going to run into a firefighter, so always keep a little bit of makeup in your car. But recently, Amy Schumer, <laughs> yeah, also always keep makeup in your car. Reserve, people, reserve. Yeah. Recently, Amy Schumer had a sketch on her program, Inside Amy Schumer on Comedy Central, titled Girl, You Don't Need Makeup. Mm -hmm. It was like a kind of a parody on a like One Direction type song. And I'd like to welcome on today's guest who is a feminist activist, a marketer, and a champion for all-around social good, Seth Malins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, we're excited to have you on to talk about not only this girl you don't need makeup, but also an uh, initiative you're working on with the Truth in Advertising campaign. But first and foremost, can you let us know what your take was on that video? 
Well, I, I pretty much love all things Amy, but I really loved that because it was, you know, I, I don't want to take a show and make it too much of a cultural point, but it was speaking. Please do. But it, well, while I'm here, <laughs> I might as well. I mean, it, it really just kind of, I think, crystallized where, where we are as a society right now. If you kind of get beyond the parody to the truth inside the parody, and you know, Peter Ustinov has this great quote that says, comedy is just a funny way of dealing with the truth. And she was nailing the truth. And, you know, lines like, you know, magazines say you so whack, girl. Who doesn't know that? And that's what we're focused right. on. Right. Here's my thing. I, I fully agree with the with the video's truth, with, with what, what you're saying, is that it's a, it's a totally uh, dim, diminishing culture that we're living in for women where it's like, you're not good enough. Like, advertisers will be like, you're perfect the way you are, but buy this makeup because you're not actually perfect without this makeup. However, like, where do we, we were talking about this last night, like, where do we draw the line? Like, I get it. I don't really need to wear a lot of makeup, but I feel better when I do. And is that because the culture made me that way? Like, where, how do we find... Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing that that Stephanie and I both struggle with and have discussed previously, is that, okay, I know I feel better when I have my mascara on, a little bit of concealer, you know, my, my lips are popping, eyes bumping, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, so that to me is like, I feel confident, I feel most Elizabeth, right? Hitting my stride. But it, do I feel that way because this is what I've been conditioned to feel by society? And so there's like this bigger picture. And I think more so with um, the crux of this video is like the messaging that's like you're the, the messaging that lifts us up and like you're beautiful. You don't need this. You don't need that. It's all about what's with inside. And then it's like, ah, actually... You could use a little it's of that. It's a tiny something for those red marks <laughs> around your nose or whatever. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, do you think that it's possible to have, to have like, both, like, okay, how can we sell makeup but still assure people that they can love themselves without it? Like, is that a thing? Well, I think it's a thing. I don't think it's an advertising thing. Right. Right? I think it's a parenting thing, and that's, you know, I come to all of this... Uh, as as a father, right? That's what kind of began my journey into this space and into the change we're trying to create. And I'm not, you know, I'm like, wear all the makeup you want. Get all the plastic surgery you want. Get, you know, do whatever it is that helps you feel better about you. I want my kids to do whatever it is they think will help them feel better about themselves mm -hmm. so long as they're doing it for the right reasons. Right. And, you know, to your, you know, the right reasons probably don't include cultural pressure, but some of that's just a de facto part of being in America in 2015. Yeah. So it's about learning how to take those, understand those messages, understand what they're trying to sell you, that they are trying to sell you, and in the process of selling you, they got to create a gap between where you are and where they say you can be with their magic elixir. Yeah. Aspirational, baby. Aspirational, baby. Can you talk a little bit about this truth in advertising um, that Elizabeth mentioned? Yes, I can. Like, what's your project? Yeah, so it started about three and a half years ago um, when I read an article out of London that talked about a member of the British Parliament who pulled down a Lancome billboard that had Julia Roberts on it because she looked at the billboard and she said, it's so Photoshopped that it provides a false and unrealistic expectation 
of what women should and can look like, and that's not good for our kids. Mm. So I, I looked at that, and I knew all the data points around um, how high school girls and younger girls and women were feeling about themselves, that 80% of women feel shame when they read a beauty book for three minutes. You've got something like uh, uh, 57% of 13-year-old girls don't think they're pretty enough by the time... Enough, by the way. Pretty enough. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, like as compared to what? Yeah, exactly. By the time those... 13-year-old girls uh, are 17, it'll be 79%. By the time they're 21, it'll be over 90%. Really showing the correlation between the amount of images we see, the amount that's kind of forced into our uh, heads and eyes and hearts, um, and how we feel about ourselves. Mm. And boys and men, by the way, are not immune to this, increasingly. We don't ever culturally talk about the males that are getting involved in this but like there's so many boys with eating disorders and yeah. body image issues and that's just like completely getting swept under the rug it's well just uh, to your point i mean if you look at high school for example 30 percent of high school girls suffer from disordered eating 16 percent of high school boys do the rate of increase for boys is much steeper than for girls the reason amongst the reasons why is we've been sexualizing and objectifying women for i don't know give or take 4 or 5000 years we've been sexualizing <laughs> yeah that's old hat yeah. by now <laughs> i mean we're just used to that at this point um, i'm like why are you not objectifying that's me that's right <laughs> it's something i must not be wearing makeup <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've, we've only been sexualizing so and objectifying Seriously, that fireman, he, he hurt you. He did. He, he hurt me, actually. Yeah. He was not yeah. catching what we were throwing What you were out. throwing. I'm like, yeah. do I need to take my top off? I like, think you what? should have called the pizza guy to come help you <laughs> But they don't have yeah. as tall of ladders. And they don't or smell as, as, as rugged. Rugged. As hero-y. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so much hero. Uh, but we've, we've been objectifying boys and men really only for the last three or four or five decades. Mm. And so increasingly... Boys are catching up. I They're mean, just like, yeah. pay attention to me, pay attention to yeah, me. That's right. <laughs> but I also think it's interesting, like, the standard is probably shifting, too, because of, like, I'm just thought of this right now, like, the, the gay culture and how, like, that is a huge, I mean, that culture with body image and all that is is within the community very intense. And But I just think as a straight male, it's like, you see that, of course, you're not, you're not going to ignore that. You're like, well, the gay guys are look, like, I need to also do that. Do you think, though, that it affects men psychologically the same way it does affect women? Like, I wonder if they are, are, as you said, for, you know, since the beginning of time, women have been, since the beginning of it being recorded, women have been told that, this, you know, there's certain ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're programmed to to look to that. I don't know if men... I think they are. Increasingly, yeah, I think they are. And I, I think, think it has to do with masculinity. That's absolutely right. It has to do with masculinity. But I, I think kind of, you know, there's some fundamental human truths, right? We all, regardless of gender, we all want to be loved. We all want to be listened to. We all want to be heard. We all want to be found attractive. Um, however, I think, you know... There was, you know, we all wonder how we look sometimes, or at least most of us do, many of us do. Um, so I think there is some fundamental universal truths that we all share. It is so much harder to be a girl and a woman in this culture than it is a boy and a man. It just shouldn't be confused as it being easy to be 
a boy and a man because it is getting increasingly hard. And while women still make only 78 per, uh, cents on the dollar to men, other gaps are closing more quickly. They're just bad gaps. So mm. gender so to, equality is coming in terms of objectification. So to bring it back to this Julia Roberts campaign yeah, yeah. that sparked this off. So she takes it down, and the British MP does, and, and I started looking around to see who was looking out for my daughter and my son, who at the time, I think this is 2010, maybe 2011, were four and five or five and six or something like that. I was like, who is looking out for them from a legislative perspective the way this British MP, a uh, woman named Joanne Swinson, was looking out for the kids in the UK. Mm. And what I saw was absolutely no one. So <coughs> I decided I would try. Um, and I wrote an article that I titled Is Popular Culture the Biggest Bully of All? Uh, mm. That ultimately got, because I think that it is, um, it got published as should, as should beauty ads be legislated. Uh, but the basic premise in the article was these, these photoshopped ads are causing too many people to confuse uh, an ideal with something that's real, a fantasy with something that's attainable, and people are literally dying in pursuit of it. Mm. And the, the numbers uh, around you know, depression, anxiety, stress, and ultimately eating disorders, which have the highest mortality rate of all mental illnesses that are triggered by this, uh, contributed to by this, in some cases, not eating disorders are not caused by this, but they are contributed to and situationally by this, are, are f just freaking horrifying. Yeah. And so I said, let's, let's label these ads, right? You know, you can't necessarily stop the Photoshopping because there is a commercial protection of speech, um, but you should not let, when there is clear damage done, the consumer, in particular our children, confuse fantasy and reality. So I started So is the goal that. to have a disclaimer on advertisements here in the United States? That's not the goal. That may be the strategy. The goal is to diminish the amount of people that are suffering because of these false and unrealistic expectations. I believe, many of us believe. So the bill, three years later, which is to say last year, uh, last April, we introduced the bill. So it started as a blog piece became a congressional bill with bipartisan support introduced in the Congress last year as the Truth in Advertising Act. And what we, and it will be reintroduced in, uh, I think, about six weeks um, back in D.C. for this Congress. The goal is to reduce the amount of people suffering from ads that we consider unfair and deceptive. Um, when you put a six-pack on my belly, when you make me look like that fireman who was ignoring you... <laughs> Fuck that guy. That, that, that's, You're that's out there. Just, I love you. That's just a lie. <laughs> that's just a lie. And that lie makes some little boy in um, Topeka or Burbank say, oh, man, why doesn't my stomach look ripped like that? Well, my stomach doesn't look ripped like that either, and that lie is causing harm. And that lie is being used to sell whatever widget that advertiser is selling. And I'm, I, w I kept thinking about the backlash, too, of, of that Photoshop perfection. Then we have things like Us Weekly or whatever, those publications that are trying to, like, I undermine that with, like, look how ugly this person is. Like, so the culture is trying to prove a truth through, like, this kind of disgusting backdoor, which also doesn't help, because mm -hmm. then that diminishes the person who's just the person. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't go to the grocery store without you calling me a beast. Like, <laughs> or that's... pointing, yeah, pointing out flaws. I think that yeah. that publications like really feed on those intrinsic feelings that we, as they're geared towards females, but we as human beings have of, as you mentioned, not feeling good enough. 
Yeah. Um, something that I've touched on a number of times on the show that, you know, is a constant uh, thought and something that I deal with is obviously working in fashion. Um, I've worked in edit- numerous editorial photo shoots throughout my career. Now I'm working on TV. You know, I, I've been ingrained in this industry since I was 19 years old. Yeah. And um, creating, playing a role in creating images, fashion images that are disseminated, you know, geared towards young women. Um, do I tend to work with skinny models on my own website? Yes. The clothes are small. You know, um, do I airbrush the photos? Yes, because I like a certain aesthetic. Do I have like the hair certain way? You know, like this is all, you know, it's all part of a creative vision that we're creating, whether it be my own brand or other people or brands that I work with. And um, I don't know, I don't know how comfortable I feel mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, I know that a- I don't feel uncomfortable with it or else I wouldn't be doing it, but I do, I can't move through the process without uh, understanding that I'm definitely contributing to. That's right. This ideal, quote unquote. But you're also putting models in clothes that already exist. So what are you supposed to do? Like make the clothes bigger? Like it's coming from the top, but you're not starting that thing. Yeah, there's some there's some pretty difficult realities. I mean, so this is this is a legal issue as we push it forward um, through the congressional bill, through the Truth and Advertising Act. But it's certainly an ethical issue. I mean, the advertising industry broadly, um, they understand all these data points. I mean, there is you know to paraphrase Mitt Romney, there's binders full of data on this thing <laughs> and the harm being done and the advertising industry who, you know, the American Medical Association, the World Health Organization, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, they've all begged the advertising industry to please stop doing this because you are just taught. Can, can we drop the F-bombs here? Of course. You're totally we fucking up explicit, our kids. We have an explicit rating on iTunes. Yeah. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, and yet they choose not to do anything. When I had, you may remember, Elizabeth, when I had Feel More Better and we were making, you know, our women's apparel for, uh, you know, for a few months, we put, you know, we did our lookbook and we photoshopped. We just put the disclaimer in, mm-hmm. right? And to be clear, when we talk about Kind and these tr- were T-shirts that actually, funnily enough, said the phrase is not photoshopped. Yes, <laughs> um, we and just perfect, not uh, not perfect, just amazing, right? It was all empowering things. I wanted my daughter uh, and my son, for that matter, to think, be, feel, be, or do. But what we did when we photoshopped it, because we were trying to sell merchandise, was we put in a disclaimer, and we said, you know. This model was retouched. Not everything you see is real. Mm. Keeping it on brand, I appreciate that. Keeping it on brand, you gotta you gotta work it, <laughs> um, and and it it is hard. And as a marketer, as somebody who has spent his career in and around advertising, I don't think anybody's doing this out of malice, but I think nobody is step. Very few people, with the exception of marketers like Modcloth in particular, are stepping up to their ethical responsibility and saying. Perhaps there's a better way to sell. Perhaps we can represent our audience and build them up and not just tear them down. And we should not confuse what we're doing or what we're trying to do and the way we're trying to mitigate this, you know, what I think is a public health crisis, um, of which I don't know any that comes close to affecting as many people as this one does. And yet government agencies like the FTC do nothing, which is, to me, a breach of fiduciary responsibility to the American consumer. But this isn't in conflict with selling. This isn't in conflict with 
any individual ideal of beauty is just let's just protect people. Let's just make sure they know that the characters in James Cameron's Avatar, they're not really coming down the street. And mm-hmm. neither is that model. And, you know, when Chrissy Teigen comes out this weekend and says she's anti-photoshopping, anti, yes, she's anti-photoshopping, and she's going to stop filtering her Instagram pictures, those are, you know, that has the potential to be really meaningful um, if others begin to follow that lead. And we're looking for leaders. Cool on her for just, like, introducing that idea into the ether. I think that that's, like, it's just raising a point and using some type of, taking advantage of the platform that she has from a very visual medium, that being Instagram, um, and just kind of creating a conversation. It's so important. And we've had so many of these conversation starters over time beyond, I mean, we've got the no makeup thing. We've got, you know, Amy's thing. We have, you know, no filter filters. We have the cover of Vogue done once a decade ago or some (laughs) such thing without makeup. You have more magazine who you, um, who did it. Violet Gray shot, um, Ellen Barkin without, uh, any Photoshop, which was exquisite. Um, but the exception isn't solving the problem. I mean, it is ubiquitous. Everything we see is manipulated. The thing that when it comes to advertising, Mm -hmm. you mentioned building up, tearing down. Isn't that the core crux of the idea when it comes to Well, yeah, I mean. So we can tell you what you need to fix it. That's right. So it's like about making natural cool. It's about making real things. But you're still selling. Cool. So I guess that's kind of just where my mental dilemma it's like at the end of the day, the advertiser is selling you something. Absolutely. And you need to feel a void in order to want that. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, but why? Why can't you just want something? Because they're always going to try to hit on the four core emotion. Fear, happiness, sexual Okay, I'm trying, I'm like, I'm, I'm, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, all of it. I'm like trying to catalog back into my... Um, one of my classes from college advertising right now. It's 101 a <laughs> so but you know what i'm saying you're with me yeah no i got um, it. they're hitting on those those core Here, feelings as human beings that we have and people like pretty images people like pretty images we all define pretty somewhat differently but there tend to be again kind of cultural truths and you know it's interesting cuz cultural ideals change if you go back to the 80s and Cindy Crawford and Christy Brinkley and and um, Cheryl Teagues and the like these these supermodels were 20 pounds heavier than today's supermodels. Yeah. Before the shoot, they were told to eat, right? And then Calvin, and I, I think it was Calvin who probably started it when he put Kate Moss in, uh, in one of his ads and created this heroin chic kind of vibe that everybody said, oh, that's the new thing. And you just you now see that, that models, and I'm going to screw up the numbers a little bit, but but the average model weighs something like, 10 or 15% less than the average small woman. Um, I mean, they eat like, they eat nothing. Like, what is that, the Pretty Hearts Beyonce video when the girl's straight up eating cotton balls? Like, that's yeah. a thing. Yeah, no, How it's, terrifying is it, that? It's wild. I, as a matter of fact, uh, when I was sitting in the reception area waiting for you guys, um, <laughs> I was... Stephanie was putting uh, her makeup on. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I needed to cover my blemishes. I, I was... Well, it's funny. I was spraying myself with Hero Spray. Um, <laughs> Let's I do this, a, <laughs> I saw a Twitter... Uh, uh, a tweet from... A brilliant woman, a a feminist activist that I follow, and she put up a picture that said, um, remember, pretty girls eat. 
And it's it's like, oh my God, do we have to remind people to eat? Yes. And the answer is yes. My son, this is about six weeks ago, we were sitting kind of around the kitchen counter that you guys have both been at. Um, Beautiful home. Thank you so much. Looking and forward to being invited back. Anytime. <laughs> Apropos to nothing, he's eight, Otis is eight. He says, Daddy, how can I be skinny? <gasps> and I'm, I'm like... Who says you're not skinny? Why do you want to be skinny? Healthy is what matters. Um, and we kind of, you know, try and unpack it a little bit. What he says is, I want to be skinny like Elsa from Frozen. Oh, my God. That's so cute and sad. And so <laughs> sad because I said to him, I was like, dude, if Elsa was a human and she could stand up, her eyes are so big they would pull her head down and she would never be able to lift it <laughs> off the ground. Yeah. And, and Daddy, I want to be skinny. And... I don't think by most conventional metrics he would be considered skinny. He's by every conventional and unconventional metric considered healthy. And also and, eight. And eight. <laughs> and this was right before the congressional briefing for the introduction of the bill. And I was putting Ella Rose, who was then eight and is now nine, to bed. And also apropos to nothing, as kids are bound to do, uh, prone to do rather, um, she says to me, Daddy, do you think I'm ugly? And... You know, I can't even tell the story now. It, it, it's like my heart breaks. I don't know what to say. I'm floundering. I'm cognizant of the fact that she didn't say to me, Daddy, do you think I'm pretty? Right. And the thing is, she thinks she is ugly. Um, now, by the way, by I think any objective standard, this is a beautiful little girl who does not feel beautiful. And it does not matter if we are beautiful or are not beautiful matters how we feel. But where is she getting that idea from? I have no fucking idea. Yeah. Because in our house, I mean, since they were little, there are times just when, when being a parent overwhelms your reason and you just can't help but say to your babies, you are so beautiful. And we have every time we've said it, said not that it matters, right? And we, the conversation became, Elrose, yes, I think you're one of the most beautiful things and people I've ever seen, but why would it matter if you weren't? Why would being ugly or average be a bad thing? Which is why I so despise that new Dove ad, right? It's walk through the beautiful door or the average door, as if average is beauty's opposite, as mm. if the poles are, you know, the polarity is beautiful and average. Pretty sure average is just average. And even if the door said ugly, it's just... Ugh, but that's like not like a panda. thing. Like the in beautiful is... It really is true. Like, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like, you can have a beautiful face or a beautiful body, and you can be a total dick, and you can appear ugly to everybody. So That's absolutely right. And your averageness or whatever, as compared to a conventional standard, gets elevated exponentially by your attitude and your vibe. That's right. And But I don't think... See, I had this happen to me as a kid. Like, my mom... I was, like, a really cute baby. I suffered from beautiful baby syndrome. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry you had to deal with I, that. I want, I want you to know I won third place in a uh, Fairfax County beauty contest when I was uh, like eight months old. Really? Yeah. We have so Mazel much in common. So much. Yeah, thank you. I was very, it was downhill from there. But here's the point to, to that is that my mom always, like when I was little, people would be like, you should, you should make her a model. She's like a beautiful baby. And my mom was like, no, like that's not what I want her to have that's give it. value to. And so I learned that there isn't value on that. And I feel like that also kind of like messed me up in a weird way because then I became someone who thought somehow in my child mind that I should apologize mm -hmm. 
for whatever whatever it was that I just was born with. And yeah. I feel like there's a, such a delicate balance to seek of like embracing and accepting and like shining your beauty, but not putting emphasis on that o over anything else. And like to seek that balance is like you're saying, you said to your kid, like it doesn't matter, but it, you are, but it's like, ah, like it's such a confusing message that we're trying to inlay in like young people. What is a message so that bad. you can, or a remedy, any, call to action that you can suggest for us that see this, we want to not contribute to the problem. Well, it depends on what role, you know, we play in contributing to the problem, right? So, you know, I would say to an advertiser or an agency or talent, we have a Truth in Advertising Heroes <laughs> Pledge, um, which ModCloth was uh, the first advertiser to sign, where we say, look, we are all responsible for this. You know, our interest is not in casting blame. Right, casting blame is about looking backwards. We want to look forwards. We want to we want to protect the kid that hasn't been born yet from this, mm. because a lot of us, you know, die's been cast for me. Um, so it's recognize your role and responsibility. Look to where you can minimize the use of fantasy and really, you know, manipulation that goes that changes somebody fundamentally. And we're not talking about you know making a blue sky blue or cleaning up flyaway hair, or removing a zit. No harm is coming to somebody from that. Um, we're talking about changes to shape, size, proportion, the color of their skin, you know, removing bags under eyes or, or wrinkles kind of thing. Or making, you know, a lot of times it's, especially with women, it's changing the proportion of breasts, the size of breasts, slimming thighs. I mean, there is zero. Have you ever seen an ad where a woman has cellulite? No way. 93% of women have cellulite. Ever, it, it's gravity. No, it's, but it's plastered. Yeah. <laughs> women are plastered on the cover of magazines and shunned for having it in like a, they, a mocking fashion us, yes. in order to sell magazines. Yeah. But you know what that is. It's like, oh, that woman has that too. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like a, like a bait and switch. Well, it, it, we, we have, you know, I, I have a very conflicted relationship with the words, you know, flawed and perfect and human. Right, we have made being human almost a bad thing. <laughs> really, right? you know, physic physically human a bad thing. We have made perfect something that is actually considered to be accessible and attainable and enduring. And we've made flawed. Like, we're not, are, are we flawed or are we just human? It's yeah, one and the same. Yeah, right. Which is flawed. Back to your point, compared to what? Yeah. Right. We're not flawed. We are. We just are. And so, you know, what else can you do? I think, I think you know, I, I never, the first advice I always give my friends who are becoming new parents is don't listen to anybody's advice, mm. right? So I hesitate to offer a thought here. So I'll just say what we try and do is, you know, we always recognize our kids not for um, what they do but for who they are. Um, for how hard they try, not necessarily for what they do or don't succeed or fail at. Um, we don't want, I don't want my children, growing up is hard. Being a person is hard. Um, growing up happy is even harder. I don't want my kids to be challenged by the expectations and standards of strangers. I mean, if they're going to be challenged by somebody's, it might as well be mine. Mm -hmm. But I don't want it to be Lancomes, and I don't want it to be Doves, and I don't want it to be, you know, name your advertiser, and I don't want it to be the mother of the kid that they're in class with. But all of that happens. We are all parenting together. We are all in all of this shit together. 
And unless we realize that, it's going to be a much longer road to progress. And that's, you know, why, why we're trying to do what we can to help everyone do more good. And the first step, mm. I think, is just acknowledging and bringing the idea to light that it doesn't have to be the way that it's been laid out for us for so many years. That's right. And I think it's so fabulous uh, that you're, you are the voice of this. Thanks, dude. And, and creating a dialogue and igniting this conversation. So thank you. Thank you. I feel like what it is is just we all need to have a consciousness about it, you know? Like, just be aware of what you're posting or what you're feeding into. And, like, I feel like that's the essential way to, to begin the change well, for, like, yeah. most people. Awareness new, here's you. a new hashtag. Be conscious, not self-conscious. Ooh. Just too many characters. I like it. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, be conscious. And yeah. then you will probably be less self-conscious. Yeah. You'll understand it's just manipulation and persuasion. The most likes I get on my Instagram are when I'm doing something, like, gross. I'm, like spot treating my pimples or like some stupid stuff girls are always like I love that you put that yeah, out there you're like a real girl <laughs> but it's like so are we all like we're all treating our pimples and like let's ignite another conversation I know what it is what is I it I know Stephanie? what it is it's roses and thorns yeah yeah so roses and thorns Seth is, we do that every night with the kids do you really? yeah. so I don't need to tell uh, you how important it is to rose and thorn your day and right. every That's So Retrograde episode. Yeah. Highs, lows, do you do stems too? No. Is no. that what you hope for for next time? Nice. Which is always like a nice... We've never, we've never done, done it, stems. But, but as, you know, a Roses and Thorns pro, what you got, guys? Rose, Thorn. Can uh, be I, personal? I can't go first. I'll go I first. Okay. I'll keep it on, on brand for this episode. Please do. My Rose, I want to thank my dad for yelling at me when I was a child who thought it was okay to wear purple lipstick and a full face of makeup at 10 years old. I like definitely thought like this is what I'm gonna do now and he like took his finger and like licked it and like rubbed it on my face and he's like, what? he literally said, what the fuck are you doing? I was 10 years old. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, you're not doing that. You're never wearing makeup again like that. And he did not let me wear it again until I was like 16, which I felt like was a good vibe for my dad. He maybe didn't have to curse at me, but that was his way. <laughs> uh, so thanks, Dad. And my thorn on the same token is my breasts were photoshopped on the billboards for Oxygen. Stephanie has a show called Funny Girls on Oxygen, Tuesday nights at 9.30. Whatever. 9 o'clock, whatever. Yeah, sometimes 9.30 if you have direct TV, unclear. Uh, <laughs> but, What'd they do? Well, okay, so someone said it. So I had like a low-cut like kind of waffle thing, and it looks like, obviously you could tell I have very small boobs, uh, it looks like I have like a rise. Like it looks like I have large voluptuous something ha voluptuous something happening. But it's, it's obviously just like a line that they created. Mm -hmm. And someone even commented on <laughs> Facebook like, "Whoa, Steph got boobs!" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Apparently, I did." Thorn well, guys, the truth nice is out. Them. I've got small boobs, and it's okay if you have them too. Athletics. Thanks. You know? What you got? Well, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna build off the thanks to dad, and I'm gonna thank my kids who are both convinced that they're more mature than I am, and probably right, um, but who teach me every day. And I know that sounds trite and cliche; it just happens also to be true. So you know, n nothing but roses for them. Thorn, I guess, in the context of of this, it's you know, let let's throw it at, at all of us and and chastise and throw a thorn to popular culture who does bully each of us and all of us in so many ways when it can uplift us. And in exceptions, 
like Chrissy uh, Teigen, like Lady Gaga, so much of her work, like shows like Glee, show the power to do good through popular culture. Uh, so maybe that's my stem too, which is you know let's let's use our individual and collective power to uh, lift each other up from here and not think that the only way to sell and persuade is um, by tearing people down. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think I'm going to give my rose to divine timing because not only as we sat down to prepare for today's show did just the hashtag girl you don't need no makeup just appear as a Twitter alert. And I think it was just a really nice compliment to the conversation that we started having today with you. And um, in thinking about this segment, I was curious as to, like, I was kind of thinking, oh, my, the thorn is the mirror, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, it, it really emphasizes us focusing on the mundane mm -hmm. reflection of us instead of turning in. And um, in thinking about this, I, the idea came up of, of the idea of Shiva when somebody passes and how the tradition of covering mirrors yeah. occurs. And I, this is a tradition that kind of lays within a lot of other religions, but I was looking at it specifically to how it relates to Shiva. What's so beautiful is that when somebody passes, and in, in my research I realized when someone passes in the Jewish tradition, we are supposed to look within and tap into whatever those beautiful internal traits were about that person and celebrate them for seven days. So the, and adapt one and of them. And adapt one of them. And so in covering the mirror, it takes away the focus on the external, which I think is just such a beautiful thought that can really be taken away out of the preface of death and just looking at when it comes to life and death, what is really important, and it is not the external. That's right. So the mirror is the thorn. Yeah. <laughs> and that uh, is the takeaway from today's show. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Everybody break and take away all the mirrors out of your home. All the mirrors, just Let us know how it them. Goes. Don't break them because that's bad luck. Although when we were talking about that, I, I started thinking about, okay, what if I took the mirror out of my bathroom and I thought about it and then I started getting like severe anxiety about like what I would put there and like what I would do and it was just, it's what a replaces the mirror? Art, man. So this is... A beautiful conversation, Seth. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and where, thanks for doing it. Where can we find out more about truth and advertising? Um, if you go to bravegirlswant.com uh, and click on campaigns, you can find uh, FAQ on uh, the Truth and Advertising Act. You can find um, the Heroes Pledge and you know, feel free to sign it. Uh, and I'm signing. Can, you can always uh, just uh, check out the hashtag uh, truth and ads. And, uh, or hit me at, at Seth Matlins and I'll tell you whatever you want. Wonderful. And we'll have links to all of that on thatsoretrograde.com. And you can follow us at So Retrograde. And hey, listeners, if you like the show, why not do, do us a solid and share it with someone else you think will like it? It's time to like take it to the streets and That is such promote. a novel idea, and I really like that you brought it up. Thanks. Let's use social media what it's meant for. Shameless promotion. Exactly. Beautiful. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Simbari. And that is So Retrograde. Bye. Girl, it ain't no lie. Just look deep into my eyes. You're perfect and I think you should know. That you don't need no lipstick. You don't need no blush. Cause you've got that.